Welcome to Appetite for Production. It's like if Hitler and Jesus started a podcast together and talked just about plugins and doors and things like that. Oh, wow. Okay, as long as I get to be Hitler, right? <laughs> that actually would be quite a funny podcast, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, it would be better than our podcast, mate. Or should I say, Jesus. Tim, it's I, I know it, no one likes to hear this from a podcast, but we're recording in the extreme heat right now. And Whoa, it's a scorcher! People, people might be listening to this uh, far in the future during the winter, but I don't care <laughs> because it's too hot. And I, 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 you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to give you some top tips for surviving hot weather. Oh, okay. Because I used to live in a very hot country and I, and I learned a lot of things. Rule number one, the essential golden rule is always carry a towel with you. Whatever you do, wherever you go, even if you're just sitting on the sofa, have a towel close at hand. Yeah, I think that's a really good one. Um, I like it when you see performers toweling themselves down, basically. Oh, it's, yeah. uh, it you? feels authentic, yeah. um uh, another tip is basically yeah leave all your curtains closed open your windows but don't let any light in Uh, Mm. you might be tempted to let all loads and loads of air in uh but while it feels like a breeze that air is still very hot so get it out okay that sounds like a good plan man open all your external windows and all your internal doors Get a lovely draft going. Okay, right. That makes sense. And uh, I, I guess tip number three, always keep a towel with you again. Okay, yeah, that's uh, that's very good. Hitchhiker's Guide style advice, James, definitely. Exactly. I've got a yeah. little mini tip addendum for you, if you don't mind. Oh. Um, yeah, I might have mentioned this before on the podcast. But what I really like to do is fill a very small diffuser bottle, like the one sort you can get from Boots. I don't really know what mm. they're intended for. But I use it to spray small amounts of water onto my face, like a kind of non-smelly artificial sweat. Yes, that uh, I've seen you do that, and it's very disturbing. It's. I feel like I look elegant. Uh, when I do it, and I, it, makes, it helps to get me in touch with my feminine sides. And there's nothing wrong with that. You look nothing, nothing approaching elegant. Oh, man. I, I, you are, I can confirm, getting in touch with your feminine side. <laughs> okay, wicked. Well, as long as I'm doing that, that's good. Let's get on the show. Okay, Tim, uh, you, you, you've been uh, hinting to me about momentous, uh, momentous moves in the field of computing, and uh, uh, I've seen it too, but I didn't realise it was such a big deal until uh, you started telling me that. Oh, it's an annoyingly big deal, mate. One I, in particular, am unhappy about. Um, I hate change, James, don't I? I like it when things stay the same. What the hell has happened? Uh, Mac are, well, they said in the video, Macs are transitioning from Intel processors to ARM processors. And this, this whole thing's going to be called, uh, Apple Silicon or something or Mac Silicon or something like that. So it's Mm. like when Macs changed from using PowerPC processors in the noughties to using Intel, which happened about 2005, 2006. I don't know if you remember that. I do not remember that, um, and I imagine you do, and uh, had some experiences <laughs> of it. What, what what happened? 
Well, I I do you know what before then because like the end of two thousand five, I started to work for Computer Music Magazine. James, don't know if you've heard of it. Um, before then, I'd only used Macs in a very limited capacity, um, but I kind of started to use them a bit more on CM, and I was going to buy a laptop. I bought a MacBook in two thousand and six that was very underpowered, basically for music stuff. It only had like half a half a gig of memory um and like so i couldn't like i couldn't even really like do much in reaper on it so yeah i was pretty gutted about that though it was just a nice posh computer to have even though i couldn't do music or play games or really (laughs) i'm not really sure what i actually did on it maybe web browsing um but anyway i felt really smart because i had got i'd got one like i guess it was the first generation intel machines and so like all the all the sad old losers on their power pc machines uh were like knew knew that their time was coming basically and uh, everything that you installed was a universal binary uh which meant that it would install on both power pc and intel machines and that went on for a couple of years and then it was just like okay fuck power pc intel is the way now and now i'm on the other side of the coin mate literally two years ago just bought this enormously expensive imac that i was hoping to get a decade of use out of and now apple are saying hold up I, I, what I've seen is that they're saying uh, that you're going to be supported for, quote, years. Years to come, whatever that means. Could be two <laughs> years, could be half a millennia. We don't know. Mm, well, I mean, I, were, were you really expecting to get 10 years out of that computer? Because I, I don't think that's unreasonable, actually. Do you know, I don't, it is not unreasonable because I'm still using my um, MacBook Pro that is a 2012 a model I bought in 2013. And, you know, that's not showing any signs of uh, stopping. So, mm. and this was loads more expensive than that. So I really was planning to use it for an ever and ever. I mean, I didn't anticipate this thing happening. A lot of things happening this year that I didn't anticipate, basically. So, uh, maybe, yeah, it seems to be a trend. Maybe the Switch will be um, a complete unmitigated disaster and they'll have to end up switching back and you'll you'll be sitting there chuckling with your, your old computer that's still better than everyone else's. I think that is incredibly unlikely. Um, I think what's more likely to happen, and this is depressing, James... Um, because Windows will still work <laughs> on Intel PCs. <laughs> I'll be fucking running Windows for the for the lifetime of the computer after it stops being supported by Apple, which I mm. do not want to happen. I don't like Windows 10. I don't care what anyone says. It's rubbish. I mean, you would have the option, I was going to say, to sell it. But that's the oh. thing. If, if it's got so bad that you can't use it anymore... Um, because you've just been so left behind, then um, you won't have that option. But I don't think you're going to get that left behind. I think they're trying everything desperately to try and make computers better and better, and they're getting less good every time they do that. Um, (laughs) Technology has slowed way, way, way down, and the fact that your 2012 MacBook Pro still works, if you had a 1992 uh, laptop that still worked in 2002, you'd be some kind of... Freak oddity, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That is some good perspective there, actually. So let, let's let's look. Will a 2022 computer still be decent in 2032? It might mm. be even more decent than your 2012 laptop is right now. 
Well, I remember once seeing, um, uh, like, uh, I think it was like on a future publishing mag, actually, a headline saying something like, Half-Life 2, will video games ever be this good again? And kind of <laughs> thinking that was the stupidest thing I've ever read. But then video games did start to get worse. And I'm not really a fan of Half-Life 2. But uh, I think games, I think things can just go into a decline, um, <laughs> like the country one lives Whoa. in, maybe. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. Um, when you consider the, uh, what technology companies are doing in general, you know, people like Apple will uh, take out a useful component such as a headphone jack. Oh, uh, man. I consider that a massive decline. Yeah, uh, it even is if a decline. Something's though. getting better. Yeah, like he taketh with one hand and giveth with another. Giveth with another. Um, did you? Did, I don't suppose you saw the uh, just as an aside the video demonstration of the iWatch update that they had. No, um, I can't remember what the technology was that facilitated this or whatever. But it was a thing where it would like work out when you'd started to wash your hands and then give you a timer. And if you stopped washing your hands before the timer expired, it would encourage you, you to keep washing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would make you infertile. So, uh, <laughs> like, it looks like we're really heading towards some kind of Brave New World style dystopian nanny state on the Mac front. And a kind yeah. of neoliberal kind of um, Fallout style uh, future on the Windows front, basically. You've got to choose between those two. It's very strange. And, and when, you, when you have this, like, this contact tracing app... Uh, which is or isn't coming along. Um, no. It's just, it's just, technology is suddenly taking on a very different uh, flavor and meaning, which it technically already, already always had. Uh, but yeah. we just weren't forced to confront it. Well, no, we weren't forced to confront it. Uh, you know, we slept, walked into it, and this is what's happening. Surveillance state, buddy. It's going to be drones peeping through your windows, watching you while you sleep. <laughs> so, uh, looking forward to that. Um, do you want to uh, hear some of my notes I made about this uh, earth-shaking transition? Yeah, okay, I think you can. Are your notes about specifically about the implications on people who make music? Um, well, not specifically, but you better believe that they or will have they, implications for people. Are they just the meandering? Are they just the meandering are, thoughts of an Apple fanboy? They're the thoughts of a madman. No, these are these are cult hard facts, baby. Actually, they're more about they're more about um, yeah, they're about how it's rolling out and stuff like that. Look, let me just do my notes, okay, James? Try We've got it, nothing try else it. to talk to talk about. Okay, so they demoed some apps they were like they were very excitable they were saying this is running natively and showing some like uh, adobe stuff and everything um because like yeah all your software runs natively basically um and yeah they <laughs> and they, they showed off some um they showed off uh, some like 3d rendered scenes in like maya or something and they were like this scene has 64,000 giggledy goggledy book polygons in it and moved it around and it looked kind of smooth-ish. Um, but like there was no comparison, basically. So all of these chips they were demoing were the what, same as the iPad Pro, right? Which is apparently mm. got a very fast chip. But there were no benchmarks or comparisons. So we really can't say how fast it's going to be. Um, we will find out though, buddy, because the first silicon machines are coming out by the end of the year. Hmm. Why does yeah. that make you go hmm? As as some as as someone who bought a 2018 Mac, who uh, yeah, Are you were in the same hoping, boat as Timmy. I forgot about that. Yeah, which I was hoping to sell next year. Right. Um. Hopefully, I'll they'll still be valuable because years to come, 
should mm. uh, should include a lot of good things. I mean, I maybe thinking... you should sell it this year and just go for a year without a computer and uh, go into debt. Yeah, <laughs> all all for that lovely, beautiful silicon. Exactly. Uh, um, yeah. Right. Um, also, also, there's going to be a two year transition period, James. So I assume what this means is that they're not going to be selling any Intel based products in two years time. Uh, okay, but they're still Intel based Macs uh, in development right now. Is that correct? I, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it says yeah. that the first silica machines will be out by the end of the year. Presumably, you'll be able to buy a silica one and an Intel one for a bit. Mm. That's that. That is my assumption at this stage. Um, uh, all, obviously, all this info was from the uh, Worldwide Developer Conference, right? So they talked about dev stuff. It looks there's a couple of other kind of like technologies they've got as well as the universal binary two thing it's been called. Um, like uh, there's some Rosetta thing and some virtualization thing. The Rosetta thing looks like it's going to help people convert their apps. And it looks like from Apple's promo bump, who knows whether they, you know, how, how believable it is. It looks like they're making an effort to try and make it easy for developers to convert their stuff. So maybe if your developer of your favorite weird little free thing is still kind of like in active development, it'll come over. Otherwise, you're fucked. And also, it, it does look like uh, these Macs will be able to run iOS apps. Yeah, that's that's one thing that actually has some rhyme or reason and meaning behind it. And uh, can I take that from 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 here, Timmy? Oh yeah, go for it. But there's some other. Actually, can I mention a couple of other things very quickly first, just to yeah, get them out of the way? Um, I think part of the reason for this uh, might be uh, to do with uh, the price of Intel chips, uh, but also it's to you know obviously it's uh, it is handy for Apple to have like one ecosystem where everything can move uh, between each other. Okay. Now, that was all incredibly boring, Tim. Let's talk about how it uh, actually affects people who make music using a computer. Yes. Okay, so I I didn't really care much about this story. I was reading a little music radar roundup of... Uh, what's actually what it actually means and you know there wasn't much of it It was more about buying this buying that that'll be less valuable stuff like that but there is one interesting thing because yeah it contains the same chip that's in the ipad pro at least um one one did and that's the kind of chip that's in the ipads um so there is speculation according to this article that the auv3 plugin format could be supported. That's Audio Units V3, which is how people run what you could call plugins on an iPad. Oh, you know, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Separate apps that build in to your bigger apps. And they're technically running separate apps separately, and you can do a bit of a split-screen thing, I think. But you can, you know, shuttle signals between them in a in an iPad-based door. Um, now, because AUV3 plugins are uh, generally, I'd say, about five to ten times cheaper than standard mm. plugins. If you can suddenly um, uh, run an AUV3 plugin on a Mac mm. for two ninety nine instead of paying 30 or 50 clams for your uh, standard VST version, what's going to happen to the prices? What's the implication of that? Is... Are AUV3 apps going to get more expensive or are plugins and doors going to get cheaper? 
I've got to imagine they'll get more expensive. I mean, it does mean that there'll be a, like a larger potential market for these devs. But is, you know, is your average dude on the street who just wants to fiddle around with some music stuff on their iPad really going to fork out for like some flipping, uh, you know, weird plugin that they've uh, that they're not really familiar with? Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's yeah. fair enough if I... it's like Moog or whatever, because you've heard of Moog. I think the implication, the big implication is that if you have an AUV3 right now, then you might be able to play that in uh, Logic on a Mac uh, next year. And it was ridiculously cheap compared to the plugin version, which is ridiculously cheap. So you're, instru- you're instructing people to go out and buy a load of uh, iOS uh, plugins in the in the hope that they become compatible, are you? Is that what you're... I would, I would never, ever recommend <laughs> anyone to buy any iOS-based or any V3 plugin in my life. Oh, okay. Um, because touchscreen is not a viable format. There... I've said it, Tim. Yeah, mate, mouse and keyboard till I die, mate. I don't even, I don't even want to touch a MIDI controller if I, uh, if I can avoid it. Can't you get like a, a a mouse and a keyboard for the iPad Pro? Or did I, did I hear that wrong? You might be able to. I think you can use a Bluetooth mouse and keyboard on Minecraft on PlayStation Four, mate. So you'd hope you could mm. yeah, use it on a. Uh... On an iPad, sure, baby. That's interesting. Anyway, yeah, the the apps, the music making apps, were always a bit more expensive than standard apps on iPhone. Like, I think the Doors go pretty expensive, and Amp Sims get pretty expensive too. Yeah, I think I bought Keybasis on uh, my iPad Mini when it worked for like the eighteen month periods before Apple totally scuttled it with an update. Uh, I think it cost like thirty quid. Um, so mm. yeah, an enormous money pit that device was for Timmy. Yeah, it's not what you'd expect of the prices for apps in general when you consider how games are really cheap and sort of mass market things get ridiculously cheap. Mm. Um, But yeah, you will still probably get a saving if it turns out that you can use your AUV3s from iOS on your Mac suddenly, your new silicon-based life form Mac. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would be cautious. I wouldn't spend all your life savings on these plugins in the hope that they become compatible. I mean, they probably will, but who knows what's going to happen. Well, it, it looks like it's not going to be so bad for developers because this Rosetta thing apparently went quite well when they did the last transition in 2006. Mm. It in seemed like a relatively, yeah, it seemed like a relatively smooth transition at the time. I mean, I came in from the Intel end on that one. but I mean, uh, it's, it's just a different sort of, I don't know, priority of mathematical functions processing within the thingy. And, you know, you is that, oh, is that the difference? Recompile it, I guess. Speaking oh, wow. of the god okay. of software developers here. It's been a long time since I compiled a bit of software, James. And you know what? I'm pretty fine with that. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's let the eggheads worry about all that stuff. Am I right? Damn right, Timmy. Uh, so, are, are, you, um, are you are you worried? Are you sad? Are you disappointed? Are you regretful? Are you apathetic? Are you hungry, Tim? Uh, I am. I mean, I am a bit gutted, basically, that I bought this flipping uh, computer. And I might have to buy another one at some point in my life. But hey, that's just the way things go, you know. I mean, it certainly hasn't, you know, done anything beneficial for my anxiety. Let me put it to you like that. <laughs> well, when, 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 in 2005, 2006, when you had one of the first Intel-based things, did it turn out to be a very good investment in the long run? No, not really, because I couldn't run any Ugh. music stuff on it. And then I bought some shit Windows Vista laptop that was rubbish as well. I mean, the only good laptop I've had is that uh, MacBook Pro, to be honest. What are you gonna What are you gonna do about this, James? Look into the future. You got your flipping MacBook Pro now, like a great blithering idiot. Yeah, because I'm on I'm on my self imposed uh, buy second hand computer 
sell oh, it two years later, buy okay. a new secondhand computer two years later, two years later, buy a new secondhand computer. And nice. uh, I got another year of this, basically. Um, mm. And so I'm going to see where we're at in a year. I don't think the price will be that low. I think people will still need decent laptops. It's a bit like you suddenly learn that the lease on your 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 building has only got, say, 100 years left. And mm. um, you think, well, someone's going to be able to buy it. And then someone's probably going to be able to buy it from them. But the price mm. is only going to go down from here. Mm, yeah. Oh, dear. Spoken like a true leaseholder. Yeah, man, that sucks, bro. Free Freehold gang for life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, can we talk about some music stuff? No. Go on, then. Tim, uh, Stutter Edit. What do you know about Stutter Edit? What do you um, remember? Is this affiliated with Brian Tranzo? Yeah, Brian Tranzo, BT, the uh, supposedly legendary electronic music producer who is involved with uh, many companies and uh, seems to basically just be a sort of, uh, you know guy who makes stuff with companies nowadays yeah i guess so yeah he's into his um, plugins sure what do you know about the original stutter edit because it was a pretty big deal wasn't it uh was it i never really never really uh kind of made a big impact for me um i think i used it on a tutorial like one time i mean to be honest I don't really put those sort of effects in my music. And when I do mm. drum edits, I do them all manually. So, uh, mm. yeah, I never really paid much attention. So what people really liked it, did they? Uh, it was, I think it was a pretty big deal. Um, you know, it, it's sort of, I wouldn't say it influenced mu the history of music, but it's, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the effect that it, uh, that it actually does is a pretty significant thing as well. I mean, it just seemed like a bit of a variation of Effectrix by Sugarbytes. Yes, true. Very true. Um, I think it was a relatively successful plugin as well, just coming from Isotope as well. Uh, but this... Oh, yeah, yeah. Then they released something called Break Tweaker, which was another BT collaboration, and it did similar things, but you could say it was slightly different. Um, I'd say that was uh, basically a somewhat failed uh, sequel and now they've come out with an actual sequel to Stutter Edit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't really like putting crazy sequencing plugins on my breakbeats. I like to treat those boys with as much care and attention as I can. You know what I'm saying? Let's hear it in action. Put it on that vocal bus, baby. That's without. He's messing that vocal up. Yeah, man. Your thoughts so far, Timmy? Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem to be anything massively groundbreaking. It, the plugin itself is pretty complex. Can you see? Yeah, I can see it with my eyes. There is a lot going on. There's a big sort of graph with, with nodes flying across it, and then a big sequence of effects along the left-hand side. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't... I don't... 
Doesn't really do it for me, to be honest. That's before. And then after is in totally insane. I tell you what, if you're making crazy bass music, I can definitely see a, ca uh, a case for this, basically. It, it seems like a pretty complex plugin in operation. Obviously, it's complex in what it does, but I think you'd want to roll that back to be as easy to use as possible. And it doesn't seem like it is. I don't know, man. Like, to me, this seems to be the sort of thing... Because this isn't doing anything, like, too much that you can't really just do with other stuff anyway. It seems to be the sort of thing where they've made it very, very powerful and flexible, and they use that to create some mental presets, which people mm. can bosh onto their music very, very easily. Um, but yeah. it's probably a, a massive pain in the ass to go and make do your own thing with it. Do you know what I'm saying? Exactly, yeah. I think that's completely what it is. Like, it's... It would be, how do you even start thinking, okay, I'm going to do this, and then this is going to go, and then this is going to go, yeah, right, right, right. You can't really plan that out. I mean, I, you can, because people have been making, you know, crazy, crazy, you know, edit, edit, feel dance music for ages before these sort of kind of like plugins came out. Um, it's just mm. a fuck of a lot quicker and less, less <laughs> imagination to do it this way. But that's, you know, that's fair enough. I certainly wouldn't hate on it for, uh, for making things easier. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't do stuff like that enough to require an entire plugin. Um, mm. I, it's. Do you ever do stuff like this? Not really. There are times when I want to, and I'm like, oh, I don't really have anything that can do it. I'd have to do it manually. And, mm. I, you know, it's it's a particular skill, isn't it? But, yeah, I, I think a lot of people are just going to be using the presets, which is fine. You can also sort of play it with MIDI. It's got a lot of MIDI compatibility, which is great because oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it means they can have sort of presets on it, but not everyone's going to sound the same because you're sort of actually playing it. Yeah. Um one interesting thing it does on the technological side, it will apparently, when you run it, um, it will have a little MIDI setup tutorial so you can route something to it and it will detect what door you're actually using mm. and it will show you the right sort of guide to how to um, send a MIDI channel to it. That's nice and clever. Yeah, that's pretty simple. But you know what? That, to me, is by far the most exciting thing about this product. <laughs> that um, was me too. <laughs> that's actually actually, actually like innovative. So, yeah, fair play, the I suppose. Tutorial of how to set up the MIDI routing to it. That's wicked. Well, it's going to put people like us out of a job, mate. Because that's our bread and butter, MIDI routing. Setting up your plugins mm. with MIDI routing, you know what I'm saying? This is true. This Thin is end true. of the wedge, mate. <sighs> um... Any any more uh, dynamic and uh, profound observations about Stutter Edit? No. Me neither. All right, Tim, you remember our friends at Sampleson who make crazy instruments, right? Yes, they make samples, and they're also our sons. <laughs> we've, we've seen them do some... Uh, some good stuff. Some stuff we haven't always liked, but uh, they've they've got um they've got more into the realms of doing uh like fantasy instruments recently. There was the uh, Fender piano that was never made, which they made, mm -hmm. and uh, this is called Electro Nylon. 
it is two instruments. It's a sort of nylon acoustic guitar and an electro piano, and you blend between them. Okay. And what's the difference between having just an electric piano track and a nylon guitar track and just like changing the levels? Tim, okay, listen. <laughs> Shut up, Tim. Okay, okay. From one plug in. I'm being okay? foolish. I'm being foolish. Let's let's watch the video, shall we? How'd you like that smooth, smooth sound? Yeah, it makes me want to listen to Sting records. <laughs> so it's got like a little bit of a tine on a nylon guitar sound. Mm. Bit of a blend. Mm, let's blend it, baby. There it is. The interface makes it look like a real instrument with uh, with just a piano with a guitar neck stuck on it. How do you play this instrument? <laughs> it's not real, Tim. That's why you don't just have uh, two. Um, it sounds harp-like. Two separate instruments and blend between them. You you literally morph and transition from one sound to the next. Do you know? I want to hear this this on some uh, uh, R and B and neo soul records. I think that's the natural home for it. Mm. Well, it, you know, it sounds quite pleasant, James. I like it. Yeah, I'm. I'm very. Uh, I'm very, very happy with this one. I like. I like the idea as well. And it's is uh, apparently the first in their Luthier series, um, which is designed to bring to life crazy and impossible ideas. So, uh, looking forward to more from that. Oh, okay, right. So it's uh, air on a G string for you from now on, James. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, a luthier is a maker of stringed instruments such as violins or guitars, I'm learning. Um, <laughs> let's... You know? I didn't know that. Why would I know that? Um, let's talk clams, James. Shall I tell you about the clams? Yeah, tell me. It's got a regular price of 49 clams, but it's got an introductory price of 29 US clammies. What do you think about that? Mm. Uh, I think that's decent price. Um, I think the 29 is a bit more realistic for a uh, quick nylon and uh, electric instrument. But I think, you know, if I was pushed, I would get it for 49. And here's a little bit of a Queen cover playing at the moment. No, oh, nice. And apparently it's just 35 megabytes as well because it's uh, sort of physically modelled more than it oh. is sampled. Oh, that's good. I like a bit of uh, physical modelling, buddy. And that's why that's why it's you don't just load up two separate plugins because it's properly physically modeling two things and morphing between the characteristics of each. You gotta love it. Anyway, that is Sampleson's Electro Nylon. The first nylon electric piano. Mmm, the first of many. Tim, there is a plugin company called Oblivion Sound Lab. They've done a few plugins. I've been watching them for a while, but this particular plugin it appealed to me a lot. This is called OSL Side Effects, and uh, basically it is a mid-side plugin. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like the demo audio. 
you get two EQs, a mid EQ and a side EQ. Mm -hmm. uh, you get two compressors, uh, mid and side compressors. So you can EQ and compress your side and your mid signals separately. Mm. You also get uh, separate input gains for your mid and your side. Uh, you get separate saturation controls for your mid and your side. Mm -hmm. And even panning, so you can pan the whole of your mid to a certain point, should oh, you wish for some reason. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Sure, sure. So I've, I've been watching this stuff for a while, but this is really uh, this really appealed, and there's a quite quite comprehensive metering on it as well. Um, mm. what, what's your policy on mid side? I know you like to uh, widen stuff and treat treat your stuff as mid side rather than left right stereo. I'm talking mid side apartheid, James. I have things either in the mid or the sides. Basically, that's how I go down. Actually, I'm not. No, do you know what? I have been. Um, I have been making stuff not quite as wide uh, recently or whatever but generally it's i don't really pan i either have it in the middle of the side basically so uh, yeah so, i guess because you have such a, a separation between either it's in the mid or it's in the side then you'll you'll stick it mid or side and then you'll just use a standard compressor for it whatever it is and well, this not appeal to you much no it's not like the thing is i'm not i'm not imaging stuff so so far that there isn't a mid signal at all anymore i mean what i probably would do is i mean can you do mid side in pro c these days uh, that's a good question. I don't because you because you can because in, in Pro Q you can so you can do the EQ stuff just in Fab Filter if you already use Fab Filter. You and must be able to in Pro C. Let me get it up. Get that's it up, they mate. Say, and check. I mean, while you're doing that, maybe I should point out that this thing has a regular price of thirty nine clammy dollars, and it's a twenty nine dollar intro price until July eighteen. So it's pretty flipping cheap. So yeah, that's a good I mean, price. Yeah, and it does it does quite a bit of stuff, I guess. It looks really nice. Yeah, I mean, can you get it to do just like non mid side stuff as well? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> like 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 some kind of a stereo link between the two kind of. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So stereo linked mid side equalization. And that's what they're going to start calling it. I guess technically maybe that's a, a fun feature that they've left out, but. Like the ability to just use it as an EQ and just use it as a compressor. It doesn't look like there's any kind of link button. Well, you oh, can just use a, the same settings, I guess. There is yeah. a link button in the global oh, um, yeah. thing. So I don't know. Maybe that does that. Maybe not. It feels like a bit of an omission, but not an obvious omission. Like, I forgive them for not noticing that if they haven't. But I'm not sure. I don't have enough time to work it out. I'm back on Pro C. And does it have mid-side mode? It doesn't, does it? Does it not? No. Oh, it might. Be, they might be the. Have you got the expert mode controls up? Always. Oh, um, okay. Stereo link, it's got. But oh no, no there, there's a side chain section. I think that it can. Oh, I don't know. You might be able to do it in the side chain section. Yeah, yeah. You can do mid side processing in it according to. Uh, oh, oh yeah, mid side MS S two M. Yeah, and you can uh, yeah, side chain yeah. one to the other as well. Oh, crazy. That's pretty cool, I actually. I think. Not sidechain, but you can uh, stereo link one to the other in a specific way. Yeah, that's interesting. But that looks like uh, Pro-C is, is taking that as quite a minor feature because it's quite buried down there. Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of depth to those uh, Fat Filter pluggies, buddy. Anyway, 
let's forget Fab Filter. I, I like this idea of having separate side and mid EQs and separate mid and side compressors and saturation and panning. But I am guilty, unlike you, of uh, not really caring too much about mid and side when I'm doing stuff. I'll sometimes widen stuff because if it doesn't feel quite wide enough, mm. uh, but I don't really treat the two very differently. Yes, I mean, I guess my approach is more when you think about this has got to be a club banger and uh, I have to have the mid-signal free for like the, the dynamics and the weight of the drums and the bass and everything. So yeah, I mean, I guess when you'd, if you're making something that was more quote-unquote listening music, uh, this would be uh, pretty useful, I guess. Mm, yeah, I, li- I like it. And it looks really good. It looks really cool. And it's pretty goddamn cheap as well. Mm. I mean, you could use this to get like really loud mixed downs by, uh, you know, doing different compression on the mid and the side as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if anything, the saturation might be uh, the most useful thing. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, I've never really, I've got to hold my hands up, James. I don't think I've ever saturated one or the other and not just both, basically. So maybe that's something I should think about. Maybe you can report back in the next episode and, and tell everyone uh, the revelations you found by just saturating your mids or just I saturating your sides. I very much doubt that's going to happen, mate, but uh, we'll see, won't we? It is time to go, but we don't have our usual outro theme music uh, this time. This time we got another song from another clam. All right, we're kids. Uh, this song is by Michal. It is called Stretch. And if you want your music played uh, on the outro of the podcast, or if you want uh, to get uh, access to special episodes that are patron only, uh, you can donate to us on uh, patreon.com slash A4P podcast or Go to a4ppodcast.com and uh, throw us some money via PayPal as well. That is also possible, Clammies. Yeah, thanks for helping out, guys. We really appreciate it. So, yeah, we're going to listen to Stretch by Michal, and uh, we're going to come back after and talk about it uh, after, after the song's over. Great.
right. Okay. What do you think, Timo? Well, James, I feel very, very spoilt because last time we had something that was very, very up my alley with that happy hardcore tune that was great. This again is right up my street. Thanks, Clams, <laughs> for sending in all this music that uh, I really love, by the way. Um, I tried to find uh, on Spotify or somewhere to see if I could like buy a copy of it. It doesn't seem available for purchase, which I think is a real shame because I'm. this is, you know stuff i'm really really into basically uh i want to say really got a very very strong deep blue vibe there i don't think it'll be much of a surprise to the creator for me to say that and i also heard little notes of uh, johnny l and voyager and nookie these are basically the people who may have made the best music in history so um yeah i'm very very much on board with Mikal. and uh, yeah great stuff please keep it coming what do you think james not really in your wheelhouse this sort vibe i wouldn't have thought no still not really in the wheelhouse although i i could at least sort of get get the relaxation vibes from this it was uh you know you know guys everyone you know how i appreciate a nice pad mm, oh yeah and hey a nice pad wasn't afraid to do a key change in there either no. i like that as well people people are too scared to do key changes mate but not this guy so uh, yeah that mate. was sick mate he was, uh, he was clearly sort of making a point about uh, uh, using the old style time stretching algorithms, uh, which is which is great. Uh, love it. Um, <clears throat> I think I don't know what you were going for musically with the arrangement, but perhaps uh, there needed to be a bit more variation introduced and a bit more, um, you know, more things changing from start to finish uh, to signify how things were moving along. But Tim's probably going to tell me that, that is not how you do things in this genre. Well, do you know what you can... I mean, you really can do what you like. Um, I mean, I... Pers- I, you know, uh, back in the day, I was more into sort of stuff like changing up a lot and introducing new sections. Now mm. now I'm so goddamn old. I just like to wallow and luxuriate in the same old shit for minute after minute. So, um, <laughs> so for me, I mean, I felt like yeah i felt like this was you know for, for like you know this has clearly been influenced by the kind of the, the the early sounds of intelligent jungle your 93 94 sort of thing and this was pretty much par for the course i think for the for the level of kind of like different things okay. i mean you may, maybe 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 back in the day you would have had actually you probably would have had a little bit more variation back in the day i think nowadays though i think people aren't trying to cram too many things into you know there's a there's a lot of people making kind of uh you know cool weird jungle music these days and they're not like switching stuff up as they as much as they would have done back in the day i don't think so yeah but i mean your your comment's still valid i mean you know it would it's just it's just that it comes down to being an artistic preference i think exactly so it really depends on what you're going for and uh whether people like it because they they may be very happy with that that was for me personally but you know i like uh intellectual masturbation uh from my music Mm, not masturbating enough for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. If you could just just uh, lube it up a bit. <laughs> I thought that had a perfect amount of uh, masturbatoriness. So uh, yeah, five <laughs> stars for stretch, an absolute banger. Amazing. Okay, we'll catch you all in the next episode, and uh, hopefully, pretty soon, there's a clam exclusive episode as well. We've been uh, saving up content, but uh, we just gotta uh, have a little more to cross that sort of. 40 50 minute mark and then we'll be uh, out with it
Yes, yes. Sorry, Clamps, if we haven't been delivering. There's going to be more goodies coming up your pipeline real soon. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.